0: Today, in current events from a Christian perspective, the Supreme Court says, tear down that wall, only this time it's the one on the southern border. The U.S. Supreme Court rules against Texas securing the southern border and authorizes the Biden administration to remove the border barriers. What does this mean for state sovereignty or border security? We'll have to take a look at that. Meanwhile, a government meeting is opened with a prayer, only this time the prayer is, you guessed it, to Satan. And we learn that the Fed is making a list and checking it twice of those who have been naughty but not nice. And how do they know if you're naughty? Well, you bought a Bible online. Yep. All this and more today. I'm Matt Odegaard, and this is Church Public. Welcome back to Church Public. Really appreciate you stopping by today. If you are on the audio version, thank you so much for your support. You can always look at the video version if you want to at churchpublic.com or YouTube. We'll go ahead and upload it there and see what happens. As always, if you want to like, subscribe review if this is helpful to you you can share it and of course you can support at churchpublic.com support i want to bring you current events from a christian perspective so that you can live out your faith wherever you go and we use the news to do that so today we're going to look at some news first is that again the u.s supreme court has ruled against texas and arizona protecting the southern border so What we have is this message from this morning. Um, The first one I saw was Greg Price in a tweet on X, in an X on X. I don't know how to say these things anymore. It used to be a tweet on Twitter. Now it's an X post on X, whatever. Anyway, so we have the Supreme Court just ruled five to four that the Biden admin can remove physical barriers, barriers, excuse me, that Texas put at their border to stop the invasion. Judges Barrett and Judge Roberts voted with the libs, according to this post from Greg Price. And then you have this post from End Wokeness. And again, if you're just listening, I will describe for you that this user points out Arizona built a shipping container wall. Texas built um, buoy walls, again, in the river. And Razor Wires, the Biden administration, sued both states and forced them to remove it. The only time Joe Biden takes action on the invasion is to block states from stopping it. Yeah, that's what it seems like so far. So, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled 5-4 to four on Monday. Biden administration may cut through or tear down razor wire that the state of Texas has placed along the U.S.-Mexico border, and it seeks to stop foreign nationals from illegally crossing into the U.S. I'm going to go ahead and pause there and say, <laughs> if you didn't understand that, it means Texas has put up a wall along the southern border to stop people from just walking through. The Biden administration sued Texas and won here in, uh, at the U.S. Supreme Court level, and they voted that you are able to take the wall down so that people can just walk over the southern border. If this doesn't make sense to you, it's because we're living in a different kind of world than we used to live in. Continuing on in this article, the short order noted that Justice Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, and Brett Kavanaugh all would have denied the Biden administration's request. Yeah, that would have been nice. Anyway, Texas Governor Greg Abbott had roughly 30 miles of razor wire installed along the border near the Rio Grande At Eagle Pass, we talked about this the other day. Slow down the flood of illegal immigrants coming into Texas due to Biden's open border policies. According to NBC News, quote, the Biden administration has repeatedly cut wire that Texas installed to stop illegal crossings, opening the floodgates to illegal immigrants, a spokesman for Abbott said. The case is ongoing. Governor Abbott will continue fighting to defend Texas's property and its constitutional authority to secure the border. End quote. This may or may not seem like a big story to you, but I think it is. I think it is actually a bigger story than we imagine at this moment. If, on the one hand, Governor Abbott backs down, allowing the Biden administration to remove border barriers, we will once again be flooded with illegal immigrants, cartel members, human trafficking, drugs like fentanyl, and all other manner of dangerous problems. On the other hand, if Governor Abbott says no, you cannot come in and remove the border barrier to federal troops, then what? That's the big question. Does the Biden administration then threaten violence against Americans for trying to keep out non-Americans? This is actually a really big issue and a really big problem. I'm going to keep watching this, keep uh, pondering on this and keep figuring out where this goes because I don't know where this all ends. It doesn't end in a good place. We are at a literal and figurative impasse where something is going to give, something is going to happen. As I was just thinking about this this afternoon when I saw this news, I was thinking that every Memorial Day we remember those who fought and died for our freedoms. They fought and died for our freedoms. And that's a wonderful thing to remember. But what we don't think about the other 364 days is the reality that, for most of human history, power was maintained through violence. It just was. I'm not saying that's good. And hear me clearly. I am not advocating violence. I'm merely pointing out the reality that, without a comprehensive and grounded rule of law on actual biblical principles... Violence is inevitable and the way of the world. Sadly, this is the human condition and has been for basically all time. I hope and pray that cooler heads will prevail, but we're moving out of a civilized world back into a pagan world as illustrated by all these crazy things, including yesterday when we talked about this witch doctor that prayed over the WEF attendees. In this pagan world, what everybody seems to forget is, the pagan world is very violent. I personally don't want to go back to that, but it seems like the powers that be are hurtling us quickly into it. We'll have to see what happens. I believe that Governor Abbott has a duty to the people of Texas and America to do the right thing, even though the court of the land has ruled against us. I hope he will. And this shouldn't be controversial. As we talked about, do you allow the border barrier to be forcibly removed so that no end of illegal border crossings can occur? Or do you say no and keep the border closed? Again, should be common sense and not a controversy at all. But at this point in the story, I'm not sure how much common sense there actually is anymore. Meanwhile, um, there <laughs> there was this uh, I people. All right. So there was a a, a government um, there was a there was a government meeting. You know, it's just one of these board meetings. Everybody has board meetings these days. And they had a prayer at this board meeting, but instead of, you know, a prayer at the board meeting, they had an invocation by, well, this guy. Let's take a listen. Thank you for letting us here. My name is Jason. I am an organizer and founder of Reno Satanic, and I am here to give the invocation today. Let us begin. De nostris satanus Luciferi excelsi in the name of the eternal rebel against tyranny. yeah that's about all i'm going to play about that so anyway <laughs> the point here is this person not only was allowed he apparently got permission to begin this meeting in Washoe County uh, somewhere around Reno uh, Nevada with the satanic invocation satanic prayer and here's the problem. There will be those people out there who are more libertarian than conservative, whether they know it or not, who will say, well, yeah, freedom of religion means you get to do whatever religion you want. No, it isn't that way. And it's never been that way in the history of America. People just have lost their minds and gone so libertarian and so liberal that they think freedom of religion means you can do whatever religion you want. That That's not what the founders meant. That's not what the amendments mean. That's not what any of that means. And and you may or may not even believe me at this point. I have a big book behind me that I've been working through that illustrates and catalogs the Christian history of America because there's a big deal going on there. However, it, like, it is either Christ or chaos. We have to realize, like, either you follow Christ or you descend into chaos. As we were just talking in the story before about Pagan ideas just spiraling off into infinity, and this is where we are. We're opening, we're opening government uh, meetings with pagan rituals calling on the name of Satan. If you don't think this is bad, I, I don't know what to tell you, then then you're just as blind as everything else going on. We have to see that at some point you've got to lean in and say no, it is Christ or chaos, and I want to choose Christ. I don't want to listen to a prayer to Satan before we start a government meeting. And just to add an irony to this, you know that in, like, I'll just bring it up again so you can see here. I don't know if this button will work. Anyway, that the people that are sitting, you know, in the back of this, uh, adjudicating this this meeting, the council members or whoever they are. You know, they're the same people who would sit there and say, well, we have to remove the Ten Commandments from the buildings because that's not separation of church and state. And of course, you couldn't allow prayer to God in schools. They'd be the same people. And yet, allowing this invocation, this prayer to Satan, apparently is just fine. We really have to start understanding what part of the story that we're in, and it's not the part. <laughs> like, we have to stand up and say, no. I don't want prayers to Satan in these places. If you happen to find yourself by some weird accident uh, or serendipity in one of these places where they're praying to Satan, I hope that you would say, hey, no, we're not going to do this today. (laughs) All right, let's keep going on to a couple more stories today because that story was pretty weird. This next story, though, unfortunately, doesn't get much better. I was reading about this. um, Actually, the first time I saw this was in the Christian Post. So <clears throat> this particular story is about the the Fed and they apparently, uh, according to this new revelation, urged banks to search for and flag purchases of things like MAGA gear and guns and religious texts, including the Bible. So if you, if you, uh, you know, bought a Bible, apparently you're In trouble, you know, like you're going to have to watch out for what you do because you're on a list somewhere. Uh, According to this, the U.S. House of Representatives Judiciary Subcommittee is seeking to question a former official in the U.S. Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Office over revelations that the agency urged financial institutions to flag customer transactions linked to phrases like MAGA and Trump, as well as purchases of religious texts, for instance, Bibles. Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, chair of the House Subcommittees on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, okay, sent a letter Wednesday to Noah Bischoff, the former director of an office in the Treasury's Strategic Operations Division of Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. That's a lot of words. Just saying. Basically, they found out and said, hey, they're requesting a transcribed interview. Jordan stated the subcommittee obtained documents showing following the U.S. Capitol riot on January 6th, 2021, FinCEN distributed materials, excuse me, quote, distributed materials to financial institutions that, among other things, outlined the typologies of various persons of interest. End quote. He alleges the agency provided financial institutions with suggested search terms for identifying transactions on behalf of law enforcement. Quote, these materials included a document recommending the use of generic terms like Trump and MAGA to search Zelle payment messages, as well as primary, uh, sorry, prior analysis of lone actor, homegrown, vilest extremism indicators. Excuse me, there's a lot of words there. According to the analysis, FinCEN warned financial institutions of extremism indicators that included transportation charges such as bus tickets, rental cars, plane tickets. I'll skip through some of this. Get to the purchase of books, including religious texts. End quote. So in other words, I know that was a lot of gobbledygook, you know, government Ideas. The point is, one, if you're buying Bibles online, apparently you're an extremist. But beyond that, if you're labeled MAGA or had any connection with Trump or liked Trump or voted for Trump, perhaps, I don't know, uh, you are now locked into this extremist camp. Why does this matter? Well, this matters because. That's just weaponized, demonized, perhaps, made extreme half of the country. Is is this a problem? Um, it went on to say that, quote, sporting and recreational goods and supplies and keywords like dick Sporting Goods, Cabela's, and others also um, associated transactions with this idea that you are an extremist. So buying Bibles, buying firearms online you are now an extremist. If you supported Trump in any way, you're an extremist. What does this mean? Well, this comes at the same time that Biden released his new election video called Cause. The first ad for his 2024 re-election campaign describes millions of Donald Trump supporters as same word, quote unquote, extremists. I'm not going to play the video here because I don't know if the internet overlords will allow me to play it. So you can go and watch it if you want to. But um, suffice to say... This particular ad uh, released a few days ago, titled Cause, highlights what Biden calls the, quote, preservation of American democracy as a central issue of the 81-year-old's re-election campaign. He said, there's something dangerous happening in America. There's an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs of our democracy. All of us are being asked right now, what will we do to maintain our democracy? So that's a question. He has labeled half of the country, at least, as extremists and said, we need to, uh, the most important thing is our democracy. Eric Metaxas, social commentator, book writer, author, he equated the president to the former British king, a la King George. He tweeted, quote, Joe Biden is King George III. Those who love liberty are his enemies. So he calls us extremists. Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Franklin were extremists. He went on to say god bless america this is our second revolution to win liberty for all end quote remember to maintain democracy they mean to avoid democracy for instance you probably recall last month the colorado supreme court ruled trump cannot be placed on the ballot for the 2024 election citing his connection to the u.s capitol riot also, in December, the main Secretary of State, Shena Bellows, announced her intention to remove Trump from the 2024 ballot. In fact, cases have been filed in more than a dozen states to have Trump thrown off the 2024 ballot. Um, under this 14th Amendment, which prohibits anyone from holding office who previously has taken an oath to defend the Constitution and then later, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the country um, to date, Just as a reference, Trump has not been charged with or convicted of any insurrection or rebellion. And yet these states, these democratic leaders, in order to preserve democracy, are choosing to not have him on the ballot so that you can't vote. Now. Here's where I want to land this. Regardless of how you feel about Trump personally, one way or the other, it doesn't matter to me. But you must see that if you believe in the Second Amendment, or if you're a Republican, or a conservative, or a Christian, or a Bible believer, or at this point, even a Bible buyer, you are now labeled an extremist. You are an enemy of this administration. They've told you as much. And that, my friends, is just not democracy. (laughs) So it'll be an interesting year to say the least. Uh, I'll give you one more story. I don't have a lot of time today, so it'll be a little bit shorter episode. But this one is sad and tragic and close to my heart. Those that know me know that I love an In-N-Out burger. I love a hamburger in general. And In-N-Out is just good. Being from California myself, I really like In-N-Out as a hamburger place. I know you people from other places in the country are yelling at me right now or throwing your phones out the window because you don't like In-N-Out. I don't really care. I think In-N-Out is great. You can like it or not. The point in this story is, tragically, the In-N-Out in Oakland, California, the only In-N-Out in Oakland, California, is now closing. Why is it closing, you ask? Is it because they just didn't make enough money? It was not a profitable store? No. In fact, it was doing just fine as a store. The problem is the issues with crime. Quote, taking repeated steps to create safer conditions for customers and workers at the Oakport Street location of the popular fast food chain. Excuse me. Unfortunately, they couldn't guarantee the safety of their workers or attendees. New York Post says In-N-Out Burger in Oakland to close doors for good out of over out-of-control crime. Representative Kevin Kiley of California responded and said In-N-Out is closing its Oakland location because of out-of-control crime. Quote, our customers and associates are regularly victimized by car break-ins, property damage, theft, and armed robberies. End quote. Kevin Kiley said, this is Gavin Newsom's, quote, model for the nation, end quote. In a statement, Danny Warnick, In-N-Out's chief operating officer, said the patrons and employees are, quote, regularly victimized by car break-ins, property damage, theft, armed robberies, as we just heard. It is close to the Oakland airport and In-N-Out's last day in Oakland will be March 24th. He went on to say, quote, We are grateful for the local community, which has supported us for over 18 years. And we recognize that this closure negatively impacts our associates and their families. (laughs) Additionally, this location remains a busy and profitable one for the company. I'm going to pause there and say, yeah, this is the problem, California. When you don't, when you hate police and say police are bad, and when you demonize the police and then you allow criminals to do whatever they want and don't have any punishment or any problems, uh, in any, any justice for any punishment, this is what happens. This is the, again, like I said, the unraveling back to more of a pagan society where you don't have trust that you're going to be able to go outside and be okay. You can't even go get a hamburger in Oakland and be okay. That's a problem for a functional society. I know I made a joke about this just being a hamburger place, but this is really a serious problem. You should have enough faith in your city to be able to walk outside, go get a hamburger and come back. And yet this whole hamburger restaurant, which is profitable, has to close. He went on to say, quote, our top priority must be the safety and well-being of our customers and associates. We cannot ask them to visit or work in an unsafe environment. End quote. Correct. You need to be able to feel safe enough to go and get a hamburger. And yet, in this city, you don't. Annual crime data released recently by the Oakland Police Department suggests robberies in the city increased 38% in one year between 2022 and 2023. Tragic. Tragic. And uh, sad that those friends over in Oakland are not going to be able to get that delicious In-N-Out hamburger. But beyond that, sad that this city in that state... just evolved so far that you can't even be safe enough to walk outside. Let's go ahead and end with some Bible because I don't know about you, but I feel like I need it. I'm going to end today with Acts 4.12 because I was reading it earlier today and just really liked it. I hope you do too. Acts 4.12, we hear that salvation is found in no one else. I'll insert, but Jesus, that's what comes the uh, verse before. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name, given under heaven, by which we must be saved. Amen and amen. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope that you will continue to walk uh, in, in mercy, walk in justice, because it's really important to love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength in all that you do. God bless, and as always, I hope that you will keep the faith. This is Church Public, and I'm Matt Odegaard. Thanks again for stopping by. Really appreciate you. If you haven't already, hit the like button, the subscribe. If you made it this far, you know, maybe you said, hey, this is important. I'm going to send it to my friend. Either way, really appreciate you. And I will see you next time. God bless.